Welcome back. I'm Kimia. I'm Lauren. And we are back from our hiatus, ready to tackle. <laughs> no! Evidently not ready to tackle. <laughs> Thank you for tuning back in. We've missed you. We're happy to be back. We're jumping into seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression. We're talking about the theories. We're talking about the discourse. We're talking about our holiday plans. It's a very winter, winter themed episode. We include not only discourse about psychology, but discourse about Santa and about childhood. And of course, try and tie it back to human development keep listening if you want to learn more or if you just want a good laugh and we hope you enjoy hello hello you know what you just oh sorry yeah it is a long time no see no long time no talk long time no talk long time no pod long time no pod that's correct so do you want to kind of explain what happened <laughs> explain in the our past few months absence i don't even know you know you know my memory is so bad that i like when people ask me they're like oh what did you do over the weekend i'm like i blank and i'm like i did nothing i don't know i don't know who i was last weekend i don't know what i did yeah it just is it's a phase it's like um uh just a shadow over my brain right but both of us have been quite busy with travel, I would say, is the general theme. Well, you've been. I, I have been. I've kind of you have also made that big transatlantic, transcontinental flight. So Yeah, I have. Yeah. I would say I that mean, is something. We both did it for like short periods of time too, but mm. you've been traveling more than I have. I have been traveling a lot, yeah. What's been up? Where have you been? What have you seen? I have seen my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Love it. Shout out Pittsburgh. And I've also seen LA, which is not my second home, but feels kind of close to it. Um, it's like your third home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of those intermediary homes. Um, but yeah, lots of weddings. So congratulations to the new couples that I went to their weddings. Yeah. And um, congratulations to my mom's new titanium hip because <laughs> I was taking care of her over her time getting her hip replacement. So right. now she's a robo, not a robo woman, but uh, she's a, you know, she's a transformer. She's a. <laughs> yeah. She's a transformer. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad everything went well with her surgery. Indeed. That everything went well with the marriages. Yes, the marriages were beautiful. I cried at both of them. It's hard not to. Okay, we won't. (laughs) We won't keep that in. Um, I have. I have an important PSA. Um, for people living in Ohio and Pennsylvania, because around Christmas time every year, 
I get this like surge of childlike energy, not about Christmas, but about my Christmas shopping. Um, and that's because there's this sort of resale website. I think they have them in different states where warehouses will essentially buy up like all of the returns from like an Amazon or from Walmart or from Home Depot, or any of those kind of places. And then they auction them off. So it's kind of like eBay, an but hype, like pretty local. Yeah. They mm-hmm. auction all, all online auctions and they mm-hmm. auction off things that people returned. So sometimes they're good quality. Sometimes they're not so good quality. And that's kind of the excitement about it as well. But you can get these huge discounts on like everything and you never know what's going to be on the site. So it's like, it is. What's the website called? It's called MacBid, Mac period bid dot com i guess um i'm and gonna look at it right now kid? no the thing is um i was big on ebay as a kid like i don't know <laughs> if you <laughs> my dad like my dad got me hooked on ebay and we, we would like it would it was like a marketplace for me to like buy and sell dolls or like um you know toys whatever like I remember Polly Pockets, like I'd sell the Polly Pockets so that I could get like, uh, you know, uh, furniture for my Barbies or whatever, you know, so I would auction and then I would like bid on things. And it was just the most like, I can't tell you how gratifying it is to bid online for something like it truly, um, I don't know, like, it's really transcendental for me. So MacBid, I've been just scheming, just looking at MacBid all the time to see what they've got. And I missed out. I forgot to bid on these really beautiful glass candle holders, and I'm still mad about it. This is like a week later. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't, I guess a bid. Well, here we have an app called Vinted, which is just. Oh, like, yeah, we have Vinted. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just like clothes reselling. And mm-hmm. today I boldly and radically asked for – I put an offer down that was lower than asking price. Oh, she knows how to bargain. That was my first time doing that. I'm impressed. That's It got accepted. It got accepted. Amazing. That's a great skill to have. I'm I wish learning. I knew how to bargain better. I, like, just learned that at, like, markets, like Sunday markets or whatever. Mm-hmm you can bargain because i heard someone doing it when i was walking back I mean, like I'm, food markets i'm imagining or uh, or like the kind of craft like artisan markets or artisan artisan markets but i think you could probably do it at like food markets as well as long as it's not like a food stall i don't know i'm yeah. just like it, this one was a clothing stall oh, okay and they were bargaining and i was like oh my god you can do that here yeah. <laughs> um, i'm always too afraid to do that no, same. I don't know. It just feels like a social etiquette thing. Yeah. But some places it's like a given. Like some places, um, especially, so here we have uh, something called Emmaus, which is just like kind of, I want to say Goodwill, but it's more, it's less, I guess, about clothes, but it's a, you know, a charity shop. Like it's people donate stuff and then you buy it and yeah. the money goes to, to charity. And it's very like known that you bargain prices there, but A, I feel bad doing that because it's, it's charity. charity. <laughs> and B, the prices are generally already pretty low. So 
I went there back uh, a few months ago with my friends. We went to one outside of Paris. We went to one that has like big warehouses. So they have furniture, they have everything that you can imagine, like decoration, right. books, um, clothes, of course, toys. And because I don't bargain, I think people just feel bad for me and they'll just give me a discount. Like they'll just take off a couple of euros anyway. I was like, I I didn't even try, but people are really nice to me. That is exactly what it should be. People yeah, should be exactly. giving out discounts for no reason. Yeah. So um, that brings me to the question, what do you do for the holidays? Um, as in like do I celebrate what Just are my traditions? A generally and B mm. uh this year? Um generally so my birthday's a couple days before Christmas. Um three to be exact. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like my birthday kind of overshadows a bit of Christmas celebrations. Mm. Not because it's more important, but because it's always been a time where like my friend or at least in recent history my friends are all home mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. college university or like home from their big girl jobs or mm-hmm. home from abroad like we just it's like a nice time to reconvene exactly and, um but this year i'm going home i'm so excited cuz i didn't get to go home last year um and I don't have any big plans. My parents are throwing a party at the house with like my family, and it's not mm-hmm. for Christmas, but it's like kind of I don't know. We kind of like co-opt Christmas and are like, let's celebrate, and then yeah. we're like, <laughs> oh, like half-heartedly celebrating Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but like, sure, we'll, we'll throw some decorations up. Whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a tree. <laughs> I want to watch like Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Oh yeah, the the Christmas media is something that's very important to me. Like that's something that I feel like is, you know, if you if you don't watch like the Christmas movies, then was it even really Christmas? Yeah. For me, I have a couple that kind of like rotate. I love the original Grinch. I think I inherited that from my mother. As like a child into her adolescence, potentially early adulthood, adored The Grinch and she would watch it every year on Christmas. And of course, this is way back when no video on demand. So she said one Christmas she missed The Grinch when it was airing and she cried. No. <laughs> she was like, I don't know, probably a teenager. Is so, the original Grinch the animated one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's from... I want to say like the 60s, but maybe the 70s. I don't know. Hmm. Wait from way back. Um, oh, okay. So what are your traditions? So, okay. So the Grinch yeah. and well, like Grinch Christmas media. Love like, um, you know, that one that's like sort of claymation-y. It's like A Year Without a Santa Claus. It's also really old. A um, Year Without a Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like Mr. Um, there's like the two like brothers that there's like um, – the Snow Miser and the Heat Miser. What? Yes, Mr. Snow Miser and Mr. Heat Miser, I think, are um are the names of those. In any case, that's a quality one. And I know like Lindsay, my brother's fiance, really likes um the Polar Express. 
She's oh, a big yes. train girl. So, of course, mm. the Polar Express is one that we usually watch. And then just, you know, other, other like, sort of. Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah. You gotta, oh, The Santa Claus. Love The Santa Claus. Oh, Always that, watch The Santa Claus. Is that the one where, like, Santa dies on their roof? Yes, precisely. <laughs> the most unhinged premise. It's like, what if Santa died on your roof and then you became the Santa Claus <laughs> because you discovered Santa's dead body? Like, it's so dark. It's so dark. How do they make that a movie for families? That is quite twisted. Oh. So twisted. That's why I really like it. Yeah. Like, it's, it doesn't feel like that twisted of a movie when you're watching it, but then mm-hmm. when you step back, you're like... Oh. <laughs> when you have to explain it. Yeah. Imagine if you just gave up your life to become Santa Claus. That's what Tim Allen had to do. <laughs> he did what had to be done. <laughs> so, oh, this is something I don't know if I've talked to you about before, but... You know, when you're a kid, I I don't know if your parents ever told you that Santa Claus was real or like let you infer. What what were your beliefs surrounding Santa? Um, So I was told that Santa existed. Okay. And then Uh when I was five, I was like, Santa has mommy's handwriting. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents were like, damn it. (laughs) They're like, she's too smart, this one. Yeah. I remember it was a strawberry shortcake cookbook Mm -hmm. um, that Santa had written in. And I Mm -hmm. was like, this looks familiar. This looks awfully familiar. (laughs) Where were you going with that, though? Well, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yes, because my my brother had kind of a the Santa Claus-like universe in his head. When he was younger, he thought that all the neighborhood fathers just switched off being Santa. Oh. So like he thought he he asked my dad he's like when is your turn like when is it your turn to be Santa, and my dad's like I guess every year I guess, <laughs> but for me they never they never were like Santa is real and he's a thing but I think just the lore you like believe in Santa anyway yeah. and then I was also like around maybe four or five and it was because of a limited edition Furby that I saw. And then I got it for Christmas and I was like, and and I saw it when we were in Myrtle Beach. So I was like, how did Santa go all the way down to Myrtle Beach to get this limited edition Furby that I specifically mentioned that I wanted? So I just, I it, I, I put two, two, two and two together, you know, I, I deduced that pretty quick, yeah. but. Um, I think we were both intelligent children. Yeah. Yeah. I know kids that lasted like a long time, like they really believed and their parents like really enforced it yeah that they were like don't believe the kids at school who tell you that he's not real <laughs> greg did you ever believe in santa did you did he say, so i can't i can't hear him well did he say until he was seven yeah until he was seven he said that's a guess that's okay. fair. So we're all, we were all kind of in it together. Well, mm-hmm. seven's a bit old. <laughs> yeah. Did someone at school had to spoil it for him, or did your parents tell you? Yeah. In TV. Well, maybe it was that. It was like 
from Home Alone. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. Home Alone ruined it. Um, Home Alone ruining Christmas. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. What do you think is the point of like fooling kids into thinking that there's like Santa or the Easter Bunny or the Tooth Fairy? I I think okay. I think at the base, if you want to look at it like altruistically, it's to keep the magic of Christmas alive and like to keep the wonder alive. But I don't think that you need Santa for that. I I don't know. Maybe that's like. In my school as well, because, you know, I went to religious school, it was always very much like Santa is not the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. And if you so as to imply that Santa is the reason for the season, that is very frowned upon. Um, So we were kind of anti-Santa, honestly. Um, But I, I think at the heart of it, it's like you want to keep your child's magic and innocence intact. And belief in Santa or the Tooth Fairy is kind of a marker of that. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I feel like maybe fostering an imagination. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like what, I guess as adults, we like read fantasy novels and like mm-hmm. indulge in fiction. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily indulge, but like read fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I think it is maybe to like preserve that innocence and like, I don't really know the the like role that imagination plays in childhood moving mm-hmm. forward in life but the know. thing is i i find it interesting especially because we didn't know the people like those people that i'm talking about who were like very vehemently pro santa is real and you have to believe us are also um very like religious but it kind of is contradictory because if you're going to tell your kid to believe in something that they can't see and it's not real at all and you're going to break that reality for them, but then tell them that they still have to believe in the other thing that they can't see, but is that is still real. Like, yeah. I just think that that's so counterintuitive. Like why I, I get why maybe people who don't really have a belief system, they'd like want their, you know, they, they wouldn't yeah. care that the kid would have a belief that would then sort of be proven otherwise but i don't understand when like really christian parents are like you're gonna believe in santa santa is real santa is like and then and then the kid's like well now i don't believe in santa like what about god you know how are they (laughs) gonna answer that like yeah no that's actually such a good point of like why does something apply to one thing and not the other yeah yeah i would feel really um jaded if i was being raised very religiously mm-hmm. and also very pro santa yeah very pro santa <laughs> and um suddenly they um <laughs> yeah like broke that world view broke the santa world view yeah no I um greg is saying that the trump thing wasn't in home alone but it definitely was yeah trump was in maybe it wasn't the first home alone maybe it was home alone too yeah he was in home alone too but the, the thing where he was saying it's marginal like oh so it didn't happen when you were seven <laughs> so allegedly trump said that seven or eight year olds shouldn't shouldn't like believe in santa or like it's marginal <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened about five years ago. And so, 
Greg basically learned that Santa wasn't real about five years ago, according to himself. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Greg. <laughs> sorry you had to find out while Donald Trump was president. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, we'll still credit it to Home Alone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that kind of brings us into winter winter that winter feeling the weather is i can't even say that it's abysmal because it's not raining so it it could always get worse but it's very overcast and it's around 30 ish degrees which for you europeans out there is about zero degrees (laughs) um so i'm i'm freezing metaphorically literally It's just, it's chilly. It's chilly out here. And I have given up on style completely as I do every winter, just in favor of as many layers as physically possible. What about you? Well, it snowed for the first time today. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Do you have pictures? No, I was at work um, and it like the ground's still too warm for the snow. Okay. So it doesn't stick. Settle on. It doesn't stick. Um, but it was nice. It was so cute to see it come out mm-hmm. from inside. I loved that. I it feels really liked. festive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And like, at least the cold is for something. AKA yeah, definitely. The snow. Definitely. Um, so yeah. how is your how is your mood around this time <laughs> of year? <laughs> um, you know, well, I think the main thing I've noticed is that it's so hard to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. and when I don't start my day off like enthusiastically or like mm-hmm. like woo let's get out of bed it is of course difficult to kind of muster that energy throughout the day For sure. yeah and yeah naturally like wake up it's dark gets dark mm-hmm. like halfway through my work day yeah um, oh that's so rough and when when does it get dark there like three thirty? Not yet, but okay. it will get there. It will. <laughs> um, well, so sunrise tomorrow is at 7.45. Okay. So the sun will rise at quarter to eight and yeah. it will set tomorrow at 3.55. <sighs> that's yeah. tough. Oh, that's tough. So, Here is only is not even an hour later than that. It's like it's our, our sun sets up at like, I want to say like 4.40, maybe even a bit earlier oh my god but it's tough for me when it's dark fully dark out at like 5 30 i'm like yeah <sighs> i know i know it is like it definitely it's not easy <laughs> like it, it's hard out there it just puts you at like a biological vulnerability i agree i agree which brings us to a topic which we want to discuss, which I've done minimal research on, but I already feel like there's a con- controversy. Controversy? Controversy. Contro- yeah, what do you... No, you say it in England as controversy, right? Controversy? Greg? Am I making that up? How do you say it? I don't say controversy. Controversy. But who... Do people say it like that? People I've say heard controversy? it, yeah. 
but it sounds weird however you want to say accent like, yeah controversy that doesn't yeah. sound like a word well the 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 debate the debate surrounding seasonal affective disorder also known as sad or sad also known as seasonal. how some people call it seasonal depression yeah what what like, is it is it real how does it manifest why and all the other w questions yes okay so shall we start with what is the are you saying that the con the controversy <laughs> the controversy is that um some people don't think that it's real basically not even that it's not real but that the way that a the way that we classify it doesn't look like the way that we classify depression mm. and it was originally apparently meant to be a subset of major depression mm. and b people doubt its i guess persistence or or people doubt its sort of scientific basis mm. um of the whole like light theory of lacking light you know um uh can cause this syndrome because of all the happy people up in Scandinavia. <laughs> they say, why are they so happy? They have the least sunlight. So it, there's right. a lot of questions. And I, I want to, I want us to theorize. I want us to get to the bottom of this. Okay. So I guess we'll start kind of with what it is. So seasonal affective disorder is kind of, you know what? I don't even know if it's in the DSM. Hold. I think it is. Oh, I definitely, I mean, it has to be in the DSM because you can be insured for it. So it, it's I'm oh, really? nearly positive it, it is. Lauren, I think you like you yeah you can more than me. I mean, you can be diagnosed with it, so I, I would think okay. it would have to be in the diagnosis so manual. They're in. I think this is in the ICD, in, which is another version of the DSM. Mm-hmm. There is something called seasonal depression, which okay. is a subtype of depression, and it is ah, classified okay, okay. as major depression with seasonal pattern, also mm. known as seasonal affective disorder. And mm. it basically um, explains that the beginning and remission of major depression follow a pattern for at least two years related to specific times of the mm. year, usually onset during autumn or winter and remission in spring. Mm. Okay. Okay. So there is kind of like diagnostic criteria, I suppose. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting. But that's that- still classified as like a subset of major depressive disorder. So that means to have seasonal depression you would also have to have major depressive dis- like that would be mm. effectively the same diagnosis or not no i don't think so okay um i don't think i think it's um cuz it it's not major depressive it's not a subtype of major depressive disorder mm. mm-hmm. it's not a subtype of mdd it's just a subtype of depression so it's gotcha. kind of, it's like okay. PM, it's like premenstrual dysphoric disorder, mm-hmm. PMDD, mm-hmm. or like um, having um, melancholic or psychotic depression. Okay, I um, see. I see. Yeah. So 
I guess it is kind of defined in that way. I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that it's two years. Well, I think it has to. I, I almost think that makes sense because with, I would say, many other psychological disorders that are within, I, I suppose, the anxiety and depression uh, umbrella, let's say. Yeah. Many of those have to be um, persistent beyond six months right yeah i don't know if all of them but i i would say like to get diagnosed with major depressive disorder it has to be persistent for more than six months i think Mm, i don't think so i thought Um, that but maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe i'm still stuck on the dsm-4 so so with mdd for having major depression it's having a period when you were feeling depressed or down for at least two weeks and it lasted that the, the those feelings lasted for most of the day nearly every day and impaired your life so it's for only like, two weeks though yeah so that would be um that would be for having major depression Interesting. and then for mdd so having a major for having major depressive disorder Mm -hmm. it would be depressed most of the day um yeah actually i'm looking at it now you don't need it's there's no specific amount of time it's more Mm, so just looking at kind of like the intensity of the of the feelings and the intensity mm-hmm. of the impairment of, on your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I might be just remembering incorrectly, but I feel like potentially previous versions of the DSM had more like sort of strict timelines of like if you experience it for this long, or maybe it wasn't even in the DSM, but that was like the common practice yeah. or like the um when you're filling out surveys at like the doctor's office, they'll ask you for how long have you been experiencing these types of feelings, whatever. Yeah. So I just thought that there was like a a very defined period of time, but potentially not. But I I would say it makes sense that like if you want to get diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, you would have to kind of demonstrate that it's not just – a bad winter but it's like a pattern of bad winters yeah. if that makes sense yeah no it does it does make sense mm-hmm. um well with that being said what do you what do well you think i think it, the, it, the i think it's interesting i read like so i read basically just like two articles about seasonal affective disorder where they're like is it real is it not real um and the fact that like the the working theory is, you know, we have a loss of light and loss of, you know, temperature. So we're cold and we're light deprived, which does make sense. Like, honestly, I I very much feel it. You know how there's a sort of theory that like things can be true, like truthful, but not real and real, but not truthful. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't know if SAD is real but it's my truth, but you know, <laughs> like yeah. I, I feel like hibernating in the winter. Like I truly, um, I eat more. I want to sleep more, you know, I just want to like sleep through all the hours of the darkness and only be awake mm-hmm. during the light. And I'm very like 
kind of low motivated to do things because I don't want to go outside in the cold. Yeah. So I really feel like there's a big hit to my mood yeah. in the winter, but I don't know if it's pathological, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I do think people suffer a lot. Like if it is genetic, that would make sense because I think my dad is very like anti-winter. He hates being yeah. in Pennsylvania during the winter. He uses every excuse he can um, to get out of the cold Pennsylvanian winter and go yeah. warm places. And I really do get that drive. But I am very curious. Like you see the Nordic countries for probably many reasons associated to the fact that they are you know welfare states but you see them being like the happiest people and loving winter and they get like two hours of sunlight yeah so i'm i like how how do they do it you know teach me your secrets (laughs) yeah i don't know that much about nordic culture Mm -hmm. um i do know about higa yeah higa Huga, Huga, which is not Nordic, is it? That's it's not. It's Danish. Danish. Is Danish. Is Danish. Denmark part of Nordic? Is it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's part of Scandinavia yes. or not. Yes, it is. is. Is Nordic Scandinavia? Another good question that I don't know. The <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm looking up. I'm looking up Nordic. Okay, Nordic means. We're just talking <laughs> such shit on this. I'm podcast. getting somewhere with this. Okay, no, 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 no. You're wait. Okay, you were right. It is Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland. Right there, you have it. Okay, well, I'll take Denmark as an example. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, is like in the winter, at least in the UK, you're kind of expected to operate at that same caliber like you're kind of you're meant to still operate as if you were having 10 to 12 hours of sunlight each day oh yes yeah yeah. and you're You're just like it's business as usual business as usual like it's just a reason to complain but Mm -hmm. you're still expected to like i don't know wake up before the sun comes up exactly but it seems like i don't know that much about huga or <laughs> Huga. 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 But it seems like a way to kind of adjust lifestyle to mm-hmm. this change. And mm-hmm. I think that's important because you're kind of addressing your capacity as a human in this time. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe one component of seasonal affective disorder is the expectation to like perform yeah. at that level and not actually yeah. like address your body's needs mm-hmm. um in a way that is actually conducive to combating yeah seasonal depression um and it's true like my old therapist said like you're gonna need more carbs in the winter like if yeah you, it, because your body's not getting the energy from the sun or whatever precisely yeah um and I think about that often, mm-hmm. especially working in eating disorders mm-hmm. and in mental health. Um, but that's my theory on why some cultures might love it more than we do. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think that it also taps into 
once again, just me being on my philosophical um, soapbox. But I, I, I do think seasonal affective disorder, like, I, I don't know if it's as much of a disorder. Like, it seems to me it's a syndrome, which is like, you know, um, mm. something that's based on the symptoms that you have. And the symptoms that we have often are not because us individually are maladaptive and quote unquote disordered, but rather that the society around us and what is expected out of us mm. during, you know, these very stressful months, as well as like the fact that the holidays are at the end of the year are very stressful times for people. So it makes sense that people would be kind of down and blue and over, you know, overworked uh, and kind of overstressed. Right. And I think that that leads us to kind of pathologizing something that is at once sort of natural and on the other hand is not accounted for by what we're offered in the world, if that makes sense. But I do think that someone who might be susceptible to depression Mm -hmm. would have a more intense reaction to the winter months than someone Mm -hmm. who's like not as susceptible to it totally i think about like i definitely start feeling symptoms of depression in the winter although Mm -hmm. i don't struggle with depression Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking about someone who might and how it might be hard on them oh totally yeah and especially the things that you do in the winter as well like um you know in the summer if you're having like a day where you're kind of uh, falling into depressive symptoms, you know, like you're having a hard time getting out of bed and like getting food and stuff, at least what you can do is like you can walk outside. You can like go for a walk around the block. It's going to be probably nice out. You're going to get the sun's rays and get a bit of exercise, which is really good for your mental health. And in the winter, like who wants to just go on a leisure walk? not i like i i've been walking around tonight just because i had to get groceries and get dinner and stuff and my hands were freezing so much i was like yeah i just want this to be over i just want to be back home and like january and february arguably way worse than Mm -hmm. so much so much worse november (laughs) december because like at least now I walk around and there's like Christmas lights mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's yeah some some joy in the air yeah. um, but yeah January and February are always brutal those are the toughest months the only thing that gets me through like January I would say is definitely the worst because you're still at the shortest days of the year yeah. you've just finished with the holidays so you're like kind of like emotionally hungover and there's no light at the end of the tunnel of winter. Like you've got a solid month and a half, maybe two months or more of winter. Yeah. It's cool. rough. <laughs> it's rough. Way out to there. bring some light into this. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to January 2024. That's why that's why I'm so invested in Love Island, because it really gets me through the winter. <laughs> when yeah. I have a hot British people to watch. <laughs> it gives life meaning, you know. No, I think you really need stuff like that in the winter. Just like I don't know. I started watching Pretty Little Liars mm, or rewatching yeah. Pretty Little Liars, and I feel like 
that is helpful to kind of have something that's like a long-term series that I can like mm. find excitement in throughout the winter mm. and like I don't know take vitamin d supplements yes vitamin d supplements I always start taking vitamin d and vitamin b supplements um in the winter and I've been recommended to get um a sad lamp I have a sad lamp is it good I brought it from home I haven't yet used it I haven't felt that down but today I actually really had a day where there was like zero sun in the sky and I was doing work from my bed and I was like this is feeling very low I'm feeling very low I'm gonna need to break out the sad lamp oh yeah I will say the one positive of not being able to work from home is I go into work every day I see people every day Mm -hmm. and that brings stress and also socialization like some some positivity definitely definitely yeah what do you what do you like to do in the winter um well actually last night i i did a soft launch of my crochet club um which is a continuation of what i did last year which was so cool just inviting people over and we had just a little night of drinking wine and crafting which was really lovely and kind of the best thing that you can do during winter according to me yeah so it sounds like kind of having a project or like doing something creative and also like socializing is really important precisely it's the it's the magical combo what and do you do you have like a habitual hobbies or soul cycle are you still doing you're still in cycling yes i'm not no it's no no more cycle um but um what's important to me is at least during the week to wake up on time Mm-hmm. and like have a nice morning mm-hmm. um i do pilates so Ooh, okay. some mornings i'll do like 15 20 minutes of pilates before work Lovely. Mm-hmm. um just like things that kind of keep keep a sense of normalcy almost yeah, yeah. um without pushing too hard and then like also going to sleep a little bit earlier definitely helpful Mm -hmm. um i'm also yeah i get tired earlier so that that's easy um what else yeah i think another thing is making sure i'm warm and like um reminding myself that it's okay to not have the cutest outfit and actually what's gonna be better for me is to be warm exactly exactly the scarf seat the scarf has fully been out and worn every day and last last year potentially during crochet club or potentially after i made a little bonnet i knit it actually and i'm not a big knitter usually i'm a crocheter but i knit a bonnet and i've been wearing it and it's so good because it keeps your whole head and your ears warm yeah my mom always says the extremities are what you need to cover for sure um but i'm just generally a cold person Mm. so everything needs to be covered i am like a three-layer gal (laughs) on top on bottom on my feet head to toe Mm -hmm. give me all the layers 
I am a big fan of Uniqlo Heat Tech Thermals. Mm, haven't tried that yet, but I do oh, love Uniqlo. I've been wearing Uniqlo Heat Tech since 2019. The same she knows thermal. where it's at. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, and they last a long time, which is great. great. I'm going to have to go to my local Uniqlo and pick myself up one. Um, so what else? I, I'm curious what else you're watching, reading. Like what's 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 the media review? What's the Ooh. December media review? Media review time. Pretty Little Liars. Very autumnal vibes. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. It, it's been really nice. Very it's mysterious, like- ooky spooky. Yes, ooky spooky. I'm I'm too spooked to to ever watch it, but no, it's not. It's not that scary. Not too. It's it's too a murder spooky. mystery. Yeah, I guess. I think you'd like it. I think I I think I could get into it. I like it. It doesn't freak me out. The only times right. it freaks me out are when the ghost in my apartment acts up. <laughs> not the ghost. <laughs> What does your ghost do? Uh, my ghost one time turned on the microwave by itself. Not the ghost turning on the appliances. Yeah. Um, never again did it do that. Um, but nice. it was making funny noises the other day. I sound the ghost very... was making funny noises or the micro- microwave? The ghost uh, through the microwave. The ghost. The ghost. Okay. <laughs> I sound very chill about it, but it, I do get really spooked. I I would too. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hasn't done much else. Okay. Just, just needs to feel heard. Yeah. Maybe you can, like, do a little, wouldn't say a seance per se, but just a little, you know. I, I'm very for, like, communication with the other realms. Oh. So you could just say, like, hey, I'm I'm, like. I'm chill with you being here as long as you're kind of chilling out and not messing with my my stuff. My microwave. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So my friend, have you seen that trend on TikTok where people use wax from other candles to paint candles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So my friends and I did that. So we were burning a lot of candles at one point. Mm-hmm. So maybe it thought I was trying to like request its presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Little did maybe it just really likes candles as well. Yeah, it's really hyped up. Little did they know I wasn't. Also, yeah. that trend is a fad. It doesn't work. That's what I've heard. It makes sense. I I'm really into candle painting, but like you actually paint it with paint. You just have to buy mm, non like a um, paint. There's a a certain medium. What non toxic paint? What? No, not even non-toxic. Like, I mean, probably would be best. Oh. But I just need, like, regular regular acrylic paint, and then you have, like, a binder that, like, helps it stick to the wax. So you do, like, one part binder, one part acrylic, and then you just paint away. Oh. I think the worry is that when you burn it, you'd be burning acrylic paint. I, I understand. Okay. I understand the concern. Okay. I just, you understand the I terms and conditions. Yeah, I, I just like didn't uh when I when I was making them I didn't consider the effects and I still uh probably wouldn't care. Right. But. Yeah. Okay. 
it'll be it would be fun an experiment who hasn't ingested a few of toxic fumes in their lifetime yeah who hasn't smelled the gas station precisely precisely um my media review since i came back from la i just started watching insecure on a whim um haven't ever watched it before it was out i want to say like 2015 because i remember in college my first year roommate watched watched it and i really enjoyed other than that i've been reading this book called bunny by mona awad hopefully i'm pronouncing her name right she i love her style of writing she's really like weird and twisted and very imaginative really i read another book of hers which is called all's well and it's about a high school theater director who's like kind of out of touch with reality which in my experience having gone through high school theater theater usually the teachers are very out of touch with reality right. so <laughs> i felt that it really resonated um and it's kind of like a sort of almost magical realism um but kind of like dark dark supernatural yeah. forces um within like a, a realistic setting right. and i just it, it's been good so i that's been my my book of the month nice i haven't been reading anything recently i've been listening slowly to esther perel's book dating in captivity mm. mating in captivity okay. i think I it's think mating, mating in, in captivity, captivity. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, it is. It's really good, but I'm mm-hmm. not good at listening to audiobooks, so Same. I don't really know what's going on. You probably do listen to her podcast, though, right? Um, I don't, but I have. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. don't actively, but I have listened to it. She has a great voice. I'm not a religious listener, but I do. I do like yeah. it. I've listened to many. I episodes. also really like her episode on Ten Percent Happier. I think that's. What Oh, I don't know if I've listened to that one. So I'm going to add it to the list. Mm-hmm. Are you, when do you fly home for the holidays? I fly home, I want to say the 22nd or even maybe 23rd. Oh, okay. It's a Saturday before Christmas. All right. 23rd. Yeah. What about you? Um, On the 19th. Nice. Not long ago. And are you staying through New Year's or coming back before? I'm coming back before. Nice. Celebrate. Yeah. Celebrate in London. All right. We, I feel like we've covered a lot. We made it. We did it. Under. We're back in the game. Yeah, we are back. I feels so good to be back. I'm so happy. I know. Um, I was talking when I was in Pennsylvania, I was talking to my cousin who's a religious listener and friend of the pod so shout out to caitlin and she was saying she's like oh i haven't listened to like you guys in a while like i'll have to get caught up i'm like girl there are no episodes we have not been recording (laughs) i will let you know when we release another episode we took a sabbatical here we are we were focusing Mm -hmm. on our careers we were focusing on traveling we were Mm -hmm. focused and ourselves and our families and our families the things that matter the most in life. And now we're back to having fun. Exactly. Okay. And spreading our takes on the internet, yeah. spreading our psychological takes. <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful Christmas season if we don't get to record again. 
Indeed, indeed. Um, Wonderful holiday, holiday celebrations. Cool. Well, until the next episode. Yes. This has been <laughs> Lauren and Kimia reporting for duty. Yep. Yep. Finally.